0: Here we go with another Root Issues Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today I've got Mr. Luke in the sure, studios. Not
1: yeah. to not be alone again, so
0: not to be alone again. We got and the pro producer here. Yeah, we got the pro producer here. Hey, he got it to me. I was all the way in Texas and we got it out there. And then Alyssa, you know, she just came back from Thanksgiving, so she's got a bunch of stuff to do. And Steve is still in Texas. Uh, so yeah, he's still in Texas.
1: Go to all corners of the earth, Chris, you know. He's,
0: but we're he's, covering, we're covering, <laughs> you know. And so Luke and I are here today. Um, and so, yeah, and so we are excited, um, you know, as always, to bring you root issues, to give you a midweek jolt and try to get you thinking. Um, today we're going to be springboarding off of Brent Phillips. Brent Phillips is a longtime pastor, longtime pastor here now in Houston and now is a rancher, farmer, really. I mean, he calls it a ranch. I mean, it is like a ranch where he lives. I've been there. But, I mean, they got, like, pigs and cows and, I mean, like a rancher, I think, of, like, Wyoming, you know, Bonanza. Yeah. No, but, you know, he's got ducks, chickens, goats, and so he's really like a farmer that only raises animals, but he does grow hay. Okay. And maybe some other stuff. They got bees, too. They make their own honey. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I know, yeah. They're really well-diverse. Their plan is to be efficiently off the grid within a year.
1: He's a pretty crazy guy. He's, he like reminds me of, like the, he's like a Christian Elon Musk. Yes, absolutely. Like also like a Job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's, there's a lot of cool things you can Yeah, and I mean, his, if you're
0: familiar stuff. with Texas, I mean, they're living right outside of a town called Brenham. And Brenham is what brought the world Blue Bell ice cream. Oh, wow. And Blue Bell ice cream is like probably the creamiest, smoothiest, best tasting ice cream you could ever I don't have. I think I've had it. Is it organic? No, it is not <laughs> organic. Not yeah, not but had. I mean, you know, probably not. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are an <laughs> organic guy. But anyway, so like they're living out there, and then he's got, you know, his McLaren car. And his daughter hates it when he pulls up to that little bitty small country school to pick her up from high school in the McLaren. She'll be like, no, 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 daddy. Just park a couple blocks away. (laughs) And then he will. And then he'll drive her around the school with the windows down and the music pumping. So anyway, so we're going to be bringing Brent. Brent um challenged us with this title and this is where we're going today are you living a life worth living Mm -hmm. and so we're going to jump in here because luke did not do it last week so i know you're hungry for it i know you're (laughs) waiting for it 60 seconds luke go
1: yeah i mean it's just a life worth living i think it's one of the questions like we think of the most as as far as christians go like Mm -hmm. am i living a life that is truly fulfilling something not just in this world but the kingdom um And I think so many of us, like there's so many examples of it and there's so many people doing different things and it's kind of hard to narrow it down. But I think the biggest thing from Brent's message was just just seeing like incorporating God in everything. Yeah. I think we compartmentalize Compartmentalize, so many things in our lives. Like I have friends to go dirt biking. I have friends to go skiing. I have friends that I do photography with. I have have all these different people that I do different things with. Right. And I think we do that with God a lot too is where Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, for these situations, God is my guy. But for everything else, like, yeah. God's not including this, you know? Yeah. And just having that reminder of, like, no, God, God is in everything, mm-hmm. even in, you know, the small little video games or anything like that. Everything, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: All right. Well, wow. You yeah. finished up with like five seconds left. All right. We're going to start the timer for me. All right. Go. Didn't. No. My word is challenged.
1: Challenged. Well your timer's going, so you better keep keep talking.
0: Nope.
1: That's it. That's it. I don't I didn't know that was allowed, all right? Yeah, it's allowed. It's allowed.
0: (laughs) I just like hearing you talk fast. Okay, so (laughs) after processing Brent's message, all I can do is come away with like I am challenged. Yeah. And so in some ways, that's kind of where I want to reflect on today is like, you know, where are you challenged in life? You know, because Brent was really throwing it out there, you know, like as Luke was saying, like, do we include God in everything? Mm. You know, and if you, if someone asks you, like, hey, do you include God in everything you do? Does that statement challenge you? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think of it like, it's a hard answer because I feel like I I know so many things about God and know his character. So, uh-huh. like, in that aspect, like, I think so many of my decisions do go through that filter. Yes. But actively asking God and, like, you know, maybe waiting on a decision and I was yeah. like, yeah, I think I would be okay with this and doing it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
0: you know, and if you follow Luke on Instagram, you'll see some of these things like, you know, driving a snowmat snowmobile off the trailer when the throttle got
1: stuck. And, I have the Jesus hat on this. So everything goes yeah, my know, know.
0: So Yeah, you know, like, did you really ask God about that one? No, you know, and so when you think about it, like challenge, like, you know, and in, in XGT, we were teaching on um, Peter and Jesus walking on the water, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's that famous line in that story out of Matthew where it's like when Jesus reached out and grabbed Peter's hand to save him, Peter had the knowledge enough to cry out to Jesus for help. Yeah. He didn't sit there and try to tread water and be like, I got this. I got this. No, he knew. And that was kind of the lesson that we were working on with middle schoolers was do you ha- do you have a deep enough relationship with Jesus that you will cry out to him with everything
1: yep and that's something Brent talked about too is yeah. like a lot of times we build our success and we build our prosperity almost what with in collaboration with God, and once uh-huh. we get to that point, Boom. you know we're Peter, we start looking around on our yeah. own right and yeah. then we start drowning, and then ideally, yeah. you look back to Jesus, but
0: totally, but a lot of people don 't look back to Jesus they 're yeah. like, "No, I got this, Jesus is standing above them' you're, you're treading water, the waves are cresting at nine feet, and no i 'm good, I'm good, yeah. no, really take my hand, but here 's where I went with the middle schoolers. I was like, then Jesus took his hand and then he said, oh, you have little faith. Mm -hmm. Why did you doubt? And so here's a challenging statement. I mean, Brent was looking for how could he offend people? You know, his first statement, you know, like (laughs) the title of the message is about elections and voting, right? But I was like, no, Brent, if you really wanted to offend people, you could just be, the title is this, you don't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. You know, because Peter did not get offended. We don't have record of that, but Jesus called him out and said, "Why do you doubt? You have so little faith." Yeah. You know, but if somebody questions our faith, man, we go straight to offense. Yeah, you know, and and maybe they're questioning it, but maybe they're just challenging our faith, and we go straight to offense. And or so, if
1: someone simply asks about it, we obviously go to yeah. like, "Oh, well, I am this kind of spiritual I do yeah. all these things." When, yeah, totally. In our head, we like, really start thinking like, "Oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I'm not."
0: And so, when I l- listened to Brent's message yesterday, um. I was, like, floored. Like, I was just so challenged, you know. And, I mean, I, and it doesn't take much to amaze me. It doesn't take much to challenge me, you know. But, you know, every Sunday I can be challenged. Every Sunday I can be amazed. But this one, like, you know, it was kind of a KO punch. I'm like, I'm the guy who can look at the faucet, turn it on, and be like, man, that is cool. Water comes <laughs> out, you know. Turn it off and turn it back on. How, you know. And so, you know, I'm easily amazed. And I love wonder, but... This one definitely pushed me back. It was kind of like a wake-up call, Mm -hmm. you know, because Brent is, like, looking at – we're going to start off with um, Ephesians four one, okay? And Brent threw this one out there. He says, therefore – this is Paul speaking – therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And then, you know, just – Boom, like, are you living a life worthy of your calling? So, you know, that, I mean, we could even start with the title, like, are you living a life that's worthy of living? Well, what is a life that's worthy of living? And then we could go into this one and be like, okay, what are you called to? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw that one to you, Luke. What do you feel like you personally are called to?
1: Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of different things and I feel like some of them maybe come together in one road and a lot of things I think I want to be called to and a lot of things that I know I am probably called to that uh-huh. are maybe a little bit harder for me to want and pursue. I think overall, um, my purpose, the the calling is to spread the love of Jesus Okay. and to do that first off, be in a relationship and essentially, you know, try to be holy yeah. as Jesus was. Totally. Um, But like going from there, there's so many different ways to do that. Yeah. And there's ways that I think I would rather do. Uh-huh. Um, easier ways to do it. And I keep having this, like, idea of, like, I should just go out on the streets. And, yeah. You know, just lay it out. street evangelist, baby. And just, just talk, right? Yeah. And just share the truth and not hide behind this microphone. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's also the aspect of it. Just live a godly lifestyle. People will notice and start yeah. asking questions. Mm. So I think it's a combination of things. Um, but I re- this is actually kind of funny. Recently... I'm always, my flesh is always tempted to live like this worldly lifestyle, right? Yeah. Where I, I watched this guy named John Olstein. He's founded this company called Douchebags and uh, it's this backpack company makes a bunch of money and he just lives this insane lifestyle and documents it on YouTube. Yeah. Like yachts, you know, skiing, poly yeah. skiing, just insane. And it looks like he has the perfect life. He has kids now, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, one of his videos is why we're getting divorced. Yeah. And it just hits you. It's like, this looks like the perfect life and uh-huh. then all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, There's just a huge just break. Yeah. And it just puts things in perspective of like that looks like the perfect lifestyle mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying, that's what the devil tries to give us yeah. when in reality it's really not. And I think Brent is such a great example of being blessed. Yes. But not using, not not turning from God when he's had those blessings. So it's, yeah. just, it's just awesome to see him do that. Yeah,
0: And I mean like, you know, I've known Brent ever since he moved here. You yeah. know, cause him and Daniela would come in and get marriage counseling from Steve. And I was like, who is this Yahoo wearing this larger than life white puffy down jacket? didn't know him you know but i did a ton of ministry with brent and became such good friends with brent and i would say like yeah like their time in houston when everything was good and the house was good you know there was drought like you know and he even professes like yeah there were times of drought where we stopped living out of our faith and dependence for god and started living on what we had achieved Mm -hmm. and what god had helped us achieve but yet god got left behind to the point where you know he's an extremist like there's no middle You know, it's like, boom, we're going to move out to the country and start, you know, a farm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then we'll we'll have to be dependent on God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the blessings just keep coming. Yep. Which is awesome because I think sometimes when you can listen to Brent, you can be like, well, why doesn't God show up that way for me? Or why doesn't God bless me that way? But. You all, we all have blessings. We're just not in tune to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes, like when you hear that, you know, will be like, everybody will be like, "Oh, he's just a prosperity gospel pastor." Well, I'm a prosperity gospel pastor because God is for me; He's not against me, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I have all that I need.
1: I like how I said we have the greatest trust fund. Yeah, the, that was ever. We again, have right?
0: eternal salvation. I yeah. mean, we we have eternity with God, and so. When we dig in a little deeper, he gets into Hebrews eleven six. okay? We're still trying to define, like, you know, what is a life worth living and what does that look like, but I'm going to let you kind of simmer on that. You know, dig in. Like, what is your life, and is it worth living, and what is your calling? But let's throw this one in there, Hebrews eleven six. I love this verse. This is, like, one of my go-to signature verses just to shake me up and remind me, and it says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that god exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i'm like i love that like you want to please god do you have faith well not not really i mean but but you want to please god so there has to be some faith because you profess that there is god okay start there Mm -hmm. and so i mean i think like sincerely seeking him that's what rattles me because i'm like oh no i've been way too busy and i mean it's like you know if you if you're following the story, like I've had shoulder surgery, I got knee surgery in a couple of weeks. You know, I've got countdown calendars till the day, trying to figure out how do I keep doing my job when I can't walk. And everybody's like, you know, well, what's God teaching you? And 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 I I'm like. I don't know, nothing. <laughs> this is just war wounds, you know. This is God, you know. And I'm not saying that God, you know, caused any of the injuries, but I do believe that he uses everything to teach me. But here's a word that keeps coming up, and it's, and I'm, I'm trying to live unoffended, but everybody's like, well, you're always so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am not busy. I will drop my everything for anybody at a moment's notice, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not busy, but yet that's the word I keep hearing. So I'm like, all right, we're going to have to drill into, I'm going to have to sincerely seek God out so that he can explain this busyness because I am the first to identify like, oh, I'm not busy. I'm producing children's and youth programs for your kids.
1: Do you think there's a big, mis- <laughs> like, cause I think a lot of people see, you know, busy in the church yeah. essentially kind of be good. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe that's not the case. What are your thoughts on that?
0: No, 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 yeah, that, that's not the case. Like, yeah. the, 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 the people are like, you're busy. You're so busy. Yeah. And I'm like, and they're saying that that's, like, a fence between me and them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, what? You know, like, and so, you know, and I mean, we had a conversation yesterday just on that, you know, just with somebody like, you know, well, we just want to know where you're at with us and this and that. And I'm like, you know, I'm here. They're like, but you're so busy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if anybody knocks on the door, I open it. Yeah, You know, you haven't, you know, so I was kind of throwing it back at them. Like, you haven't knocked on the door. I'm here now because you knocked on the door. That's why we're having this meeting. And so busyness is like, yeah, it's something that I'm having to really kind of process and dig in on. Like, you know, because I am. And my wife's called me out on it. She's like... Why do you keep calling yourself a producer? Because that's, that's what I do. I'm a producer. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a youth pastor. I'm a, I'm a youth pastor who's a producer. Like, I know how to produce events. Yeah. These are gifts and talents that God's given me, you know. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It is. You know, because I'm processing that <clears throat> so you know. Am I living a life worth living?
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Now I'm kind of going through that, like, I think I'm really busy, you know, in business Yeah, and and it's just this whole concept of money can replace faith. Right. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, I'm just obsessed with being ready for almost everything. Right. Yeah. Like the other night I was just looking at like thermals. Yeah. Gen three night vision, like all yeah. this crazy stuff. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, why yeah. do I want all this stuff so bad? And it just goes back to just like, I want to be capable of handling everything that comes at me. Yeah. Um, and to do that, you know, Money is key. Oh, yeah. And so it becomes this, like, treadmill of trying to balance, like, okay, God's over here, but then also all this stuff, I'm just going to work for it. Yeah. And you know all these opportunities come up it's almost like money's being given to you and i think yeah. part of that is you know god blessing you obviously obviously but yeah just knowing how where that money goes and being yeah. a good steward of that is kind of where it comes yeah, down like, to like
0: you know what are you going to do with it because i'm mean, like you live in a cabin out in the woods what's coming at you that <laughs> you need to three night vision <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'm like you know i'm just putting those two together like Hopefully it's just a scary animal. <laughs> but anyway, so, but yeah, like there's this connection here, like, you know, what is a life worth living? Where do we put our value? Hebrews 11.6 tells us clearly that our value should be placed in our faith in God. And so then we can say that, okay, a life worth living is a life that has faith in God, the creator, that he cares for us, that he loves for, loves us, and he's providing for us. Mm-hmm. And that in everything that we do, we include him in. Yeah, You know, and I mean, I think like, you know, we've got to break this wall down of, well, I include him in my faith. I include him in my prayer time and my Bible reading time. But do you include him in your relationship with your wife? Do you include him with your relationship with your children? Do you include him? in? I'm kind of like not happy about everything right now, but God, you're here with me. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for being there. And so I think it is. It's kind of like that compartmentalization yeah. that we are all so prone to do. Like we we'll compartmentalize it. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about, like, you know, the prosperity and the business that comes your way, I mean, you know, do you see where God wants you to go next?
1: Um, I honestly, I don't think I I try to listen for that because okay. I just like where I'm at now and okay. I stay there. Okay, but I have seen opportunities come my way where I would have to give up what I have now, and it uh-huh. scares me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to go good.
0: film in Mexico. <laughs> I wanted to live here, yeah. And, and yeah, and I and I get that. You know, like there's going to be opportunities. Like if you don't understand, like Luke is a very you know well done cinema photographer videographer, documenter. I mean, you know, he's got skills. He's got wicked skills like Napoleon Dynamite, you know? I mean, he's got <laughs> skills. And those skills make him a viable commodity in the world today. In the normal cultural world that we live in, people need things produced. People need things made. They pay money for it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a needed commodity in the world of pro bono. Like, Yeah, yeah we're not going to charge you for this. <laughs> you know, to spread the kingdom of God and to better other people's lives. And so sometimes Luke and I have talked, like, you know, opportunities come where he's got like, to be like the disciples and drop the nets yeah. and, and follow Jesus, leaving everything behind. You know, Luke is 19, and it's scary, okay? <laughs> I just found out his age the other day. My my son's a big fan, and we were having this deep conversation, and he was like, out of nowhere, squirrel. Um, How old is Luke? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, probably in his 20s now. Well, is he? I'm like, I don't know. Let me text him, you know, and so, yeah.
1: Time and, goes fast, man.
0: Yeah, time does go fast. But, I mean, yeah, so there is that moment where, like, yeah, Jesus is calling you to do something, and are you going to drop your nets? And follow,
1: yeah,
0: you know, because what he's inviting you into is a life worth living. It's the best life worth living. It's the right? yes, the best. <laughs> let's go ahead and just say that it's the best. And so let's jump into this next one. Um, Luke twelve forty eight. When someone has been given much, much of will be required in return, and when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. And I mean, I think Brent exemplifies this life. Yeah. You know, all the time I've known him, he is like generous, generous, generous. He's generous with his joy. He's generous with his words. Like wisdom. Yeah, if you're out of line or if you need help or if you need a word of wisdom, the man's got it for you. He's he's generous with encouragement. He's generous with all that God's blessed him with. And you can see that, you know, he is a good steward of, of what he's been entrusted to. Mm. There are gifts and talents in my life. That I can honestly tell you. I wasn't a good steward with it. Yeah, And it it's really not. A prevalent part of my life anymore. Because I wasn't a good steward with it. I did not maximize it. The mm. way I should have. Do
1: you think that's because you didn't have faith at that point? Do you think you need faith to be a good steward of something? I, think, I mean you know. I
0: think you know. to please god yeah you gotta have faith and so like in his gifts to us you know it requires a stewardship Mm -hmm. you know like um i used to love to make furniture i still do it kind of on a hobby but you know with my dad i learned how to make furniture i learned how to restore antiques and everything those are things that and, and it wasn't taken from me but And I would still enjoy it. Like if I could lock myself up into a place and see no one, talk to no one, listen to podcasts, and just work on upholstery, drapery, furniture, I'd be so happy. Yeah. But it's opposite of my calling because my calling has definitely led me to the hearts of youth and family. And so it's like time shrunk it out. Like there is no time mm-hmm. to do those things because those things like – you know they happen in the wee morning hours or all day and all night. And so if you had asked me 25 years ago a life worth living to me would have been defined as I was going to move to Munster, Texas. I was going to work in the juvenile correction facility there. I'd picked out which Victorian home in that small German town that I was going to restore and purchase. I was going to restore my 78 Camaro with T-tops, right. and I was going to have enough land to where I could build sculptures out of rusty iron in the middle of nowhere for no one to see.
1: Interesting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you saying that, though, kind of makes me think, like, I think the time, because time is the most valuable commodity. Absolutely. And where you spend your time, that is the mirror to show you what kind of faith you have and what mm-hmm. your faith is in. Yeah. If your time is just doing a job and ignoring everything. Everything else. Everything else, that's obviously yeah. what your faith is in, is in mm-hmm. the money and that job, right? But when you, when you can look at what your time is spent on, you can see yeah. what your faith is, which I think is a good kind of place to It's, it's a great that. place
0: to start, you know, and, yeah. you know, and so when I think about it, it's like, you know, everything in me in my past before God really grabbed a hold of me and said, you're mine, boy. You know, I, it was just what could I do to in, entertain myself? You know, what could I do that revolved around the self? And so I think we could probably put this out there. A life worth living is not a life that's focused only on you. Yep. Okay. So, you can, you, if you're still trying to figure out what is a life worth living in vocabulary, you know, if it's focused only on you, it's probably not worth living.
1: I think a life worth living is having faith in something other than yourself. Absolutely. Something do, bigger. Which is God. You know, I mean,
0: some people, it may be an idea or a concept, but, you know, yeah. but for us, you know, it's definitely God. And then, I mean, it's like what you said earlier. I mean, it's the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then the second commandment is like the first love your neighbor, like yourself, you know, and you made the reference that I can't do the second one unless I've connected with the first one, Mm -hmm. like unless I've loved God first. And so I think a life worth living is when we do realize that it's not about us. And when we see things, um, there are so many famous people and they're not even all that famous, but I can't think of the guy. He was in um, the Alpha a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah, but I idea. but he 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 started this water foundation. Okay. And he drills wells. But basically he used to be a big time producer and everything he touched was Awesome. Like he would produce all the clubs in New York. Everybody wanted him. So, I mean, he had everything, but he didn't trade everything. He just shifted his focus because once he was in Central America, he was producing this big party on this big private property. And then when that was all done, he went and walked among the townspeople. And he saw such dire poverty, and he saw that they didn't have clean water to drink. And his story weaves all the way back to his mother, who he had to nurse and care for because she didn't have clean water to drink when she was a child, oh, wow. and so she died early. And so he dropped everything and said, "I, I, I got to find something more." And he he went to so many different Christian like. Nonprofits like, hey, I want to work for you. No, no, you're all tatted up. No, we know your history. Ah, see you later. And so the only people who would take him was Mercy Ships. But they said you had to pay his pay his own way. And he was like, no problem. You know? yeah. And so he went on a Mercy Ship tour, and he was a photographer, and he would shoot the before and the after because a lot of times what Mercy Ships will do is remove birth defects off of children wow. that then allow them to live a better life. And so he would take the before and after. And then he, he started this water foundation. And it's, like, popular with the millennials in the sense that he raises money for the business end, and anything somebody in the private sector gives goes straight to water. You can get an app on your phone and see that your well, how much well, how much water is being produced out of that well every day. And so he's he's speaking to the people who are maybe distrustworthy of nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And he didn't trade at all. He's he's still – is living the life, but now his life is focused on others and not just himself.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's a misconception people have is like once the faith lover switched on, like everything else goes out the window. Everything else goes out the window. But no, God gave you those assets and God gave you those gifts to use for his glory. Yeah,
0: and then he will still provide. And so when you think about it, like when we dig into a life worth living, you know, we just have to talk— um brent's biggest challenge was this he he brought in this character i'm looking at his face here from his slides of george Mueller. muller and th- this guy was a pastor from you know somewhere in the 1800s and he told the church you can't pay me because we're going to live off of faith yeah but i'm going to pastor you i'm going to be a good pastor i'm going to be a pastor who studies hard and teaches you and teaches you in discipleship and raises up a body I would imagine this guy was a shepherd pastor. Like, you can have a pastor who's a teaching pastor, and then you can have a shepherd's pastor. A shepherd's pastor is a teaching pastor, but he also has a major heart for his people. Mm-hmm. And this guy started an orphanage, and they wouldn't raise money. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, how are you going to do this? But he was, like, totally dependent on God to provide everything. Mm-hmm. And Brent shared this one story. Do you remember the story about the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, tell that story.
1: So there he starts this orphanage, there's yeah. all these kids and he says, All right guys, let's pray. Let's pray for a meal. I mean there's no food here, but you know, let's thank God anyways for what we do have. And they start Which was praying. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> start praying. After the prayer is finished, uh a bakery truck um, breaks down in front of the orphanage and the guy comes out and is like yeah, this food's going to spoil, so you guys might as well take it and eat it. Yeah. And so God provided. Yeah, totally. And Brent had a very similar story. I'm not sure if you want to go into that. but Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, just food trucks that, you know, had produce in it that got spoiled because of refrigeration controls, and then they would just show up to his farm, which he calls a ranch, and, <laughs> you know, and drop off all this food, and then he's, like, you know, sending it out to all of his friends, like, hey, come get food for your livestock. Yeah. You know, and so— George Mueller, I think Brent was using as a thumbprint. Like, you look at his life, you read his autobiographies, and you know without a doubt God is moving in his life. Mm -hmm. Miracles are happening, supernatural provision, trust, faith. And so, the last question I want to hit everyone with is this one Is there evidence of God in your life? Yeah. You know, and I think for some of us, it can just be a Sunday God. I think it can just be a God that we call on to when things are hurting or when things are in rough situations. And that is a start of faith. Don't get me wrong. That is a start of faith. But when you look at your day to day life, is there evidence of God? I mean, where would you say there's evidence in your life?
1: I always like to think of what my life would look like if I weren't a Christian. Uh Like, what would I do? Like, what would I have done in this situation? Where would I be 10 years later, five years later? And it's just crazy to see the contrast. Yeah. That some in, in the moment you're like, I wish I wasn't a Christian right now. Yeah. But then looking back, you're like, I'm so thankful that yeah. I had those morals and I had that, you know. So that's like I guess a broad overview of looking at it. Yeah. Um but just I guess the sense of joy you get out of knowing who your <laughs> yeah. creator is, yeah. having the truth and having access to what you know is the truth just yeah. makes your life so much different, I think, than if you didn't. Yeah. Um, just how you do everything in a sense. So I think it's, I think, like, when I first heard that question, I was like, crap. Crap. I know. I'm called out <laughs> on this one, <I'm> like, <laughs> is there evidence of God in my life? I think like, when people hear that question, that immediately think, like, okay, I haven't raised anyone from the dead. Yeah. I haven't, you know, made five loaves of bread turn into 5,000. Yeah. They automatically. I didn't start an huge, orphanage. Huge. Yeah. They automatically think of these huge things. And I think that's a misconception on faith in general. Yeah, is like Totally. Faith is this crazy big thing, but it's a muscle you need to grow. And I love yeah. how Brent was talking about, like, yeah, you should probably pray for a goat's leg first. Yes. And heal it yeah you know i'm not saying don't try to go heal someone that's broken totally life, right? yeah like that's awesome but a it's not going to judge you as much as a human would yeah. my <laughs> so, legs are not
0: healed and i have no faith in god thank you for praying for me
1: yeah like in yeah. other words maybe try to work out in your home a yeah. little bit more before you go to the gym and make yeah. a fool of yourself right so oh like, absolutely track, learn, like throw that muscle um
0: so I think yeah i mean you know and i, I do i think you know I think the enemy, the thief, Satan loves to beat us up like, oh, you don't have enough faith or this faith is so small, Mm -hmm. you know, but it all has to start somewhere. And so we just want to encourage you, like, you know, take what faith you have and grow it, you know, take what faith you have and add to it. You know, like when I said I was challenged and like KO'd punch, I'm like, okay, like, I haven't been getting up as early as I used to with all my injuries You know, I'm like, oh, I can sleep in. No one's going to judge me, but I'm like, I've been missing that time with God. You know, I think yeah. my wife was about to fall over like, cause we haven't seen each other for a week. Cause she went one place for Thanksgiving. I went another. And this was like the first time in a long time, probably since August that I got up before her. And I think there's a, the sense of peace in the house when daddy gets up first you know (laughs) unless you work nights that's okay especially our house because
1: when i lived there the house was freezing cold because there was no fire built unless i got up unless dad got up yeah
0: all right but anyway so we just want to encourage you like be challenged dig into this message it's out there on youtube it's out there in the apple podcast world as well as our root issues thank you so much for tuning in to this midweek joke joke I jolt Blasphemy Chris This is not a (laughs) midweek joke This is a midweek jolt And we just want to encourage you To have faith And take what you have And grow it
1: Mustard seeds baby Yeah
0: Mustard seeds grow big And then yeah Hey If you ever want to email us You can reach us at Rootissues at com. We would love to hear What God is doing in your life And with your faith Right now Thanks so much for tuning in Until next week